Hello everyone and welcome to the Geary, Stide and Steven Show, an amazing video podcast with sports stars, entertainment celebrities and other great guests, combining one host who has no legs, one host who lives in Duluth, Minnesota, and another host who seems to never be on the show. But now, on to the show with Troy, Dave, and maybe even Will. All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. It is great to be here. I am Dave Stevens, of course, coming to you from my home office here in Bristol, Connecticut. And, of course, I am always joined by my partner in crime from Duluth, Minnesota. That would be the lovely and talented Troy Gary. Troy, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing great, Dave. A little cold up here, but uh, we're surviving. It is uh, cold everywhere, um, but we are going to heat up today, and I'd like to bring in our guest today. This I could sit here for a half hour to introduce our guest today, uh, an Olympian, WNBA, Old Dominion star, uh, who's who in the legends of the historic athletes, male and female. Nancy Lieberman joining us. Uh, Nancy, it is so great to see you again. We got together a couple months ago for the Celebrity Softball Classic, and uh, we are just honored to have you on our show, uh, part of the Gary Stein and Steven show. Well, thank you. It was great to see you. We had a lot of fun in Frisco, Texas. Uh, we uh, reconnected with a lot of our friends, and here and we are, right? There's so much to talk about as far as your career, obviously, uh, starting out in Old Dominion for a long, long time ago. And again, you made such a great name for yourself at the college basketball level, really kind of putting female players on the map as far as you and Ann Donovan and, of course, being an Olympian on the Olympic team in 1976 and getting that silver medal. And then, of course, uh, being a pioneer in the WNBA, playing for the Phoenix Mercury and uh the oldest player in WNBA history. And it was just so great to see you playing and playing at a high level, of course, and then coaching uh, at that level in professional men's sports and being an assistant coach and really making an impact, doing something that was unprecedented in the history of sports. So we are so excited to have you here and to be a part of our show. So what's life like now for Nancy Lieberman? Busy. <laughs> I do the TV for the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, I do have some games for the New Orleans Pelicans. So it's kind of fun for me. I mean, I'd be at home watching it, but I get to uh, be their studio analyst. And, uh, you know, two really fun teams in the, the NBA this year. And then, you know, the, the big three, this will be my sixth season. Uh, it's the seventh season of the big three, you know, Ice Cubes League. And I just love working with him, for him. He's iconic. He's super cool. And he's one of the nicest people I've ever been around. Matter of fact, I was just with him yesterday uh, at the Basketball Hall of Fame. There is now, for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, there's the Ice Cube Impact Award, which will be given to somebody. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous. Somebody who just cares about people. We will find you. People, send us who you think could be deserving of the Ice Cube Award. It, he now has a um, an exhibit in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And this this trophy is unbelievable. I saw it yesterday for the first time. It's an ice cube. It is so impeccable, the sculpting of it. And in it, suspended, is um, a basketball, like a gold basketball. And somebody's going to have that in their house one day. But for Ice Cube to be in the hall, 
you know, with something as significant as that, kudos to him. Hey, and kudos to you. I mean, you have awards named after you. You are so humble as far as what you've given back to the sport. And that sport started, I mean, let, let's take you back to those old Dominion. Like, what are some of your memories of what college women's basketball was like in those days? Well, it was so important for me because, you know, Old Dominion gave us the ability to play in front of sold out arenas every night. You know, we won back to back championships. I had some of the greatest players in the history of women's basketball who I got a chance to play with. And, you know, to win the championships and be player of the year and to maybe change the course of women's basketball. I, I recall that the first two championships we played, it was the first time the championship game was live uh, on NBC. It was always taped delay before that. So, you know, when Pat Summit hugs you and whispers in your ear when we beat her in uh, 1980 for the championship, she goes, what does it feel like? I mean, Pat Summit was asking me, what does it feel like? And she was my, believe it or not, she was my Olympic teammate in Pan American Games teammate. We won the, the gold in the Pan Ams and the silver in uh, Montreal. So, I mean, this woman was not only my friend, my teammate, I played for her and I played against her. I'm glad I be, I'm glad we beat her, by the way. That's a sweet picture of me, huh? Yeah. Well, I haven't had a boat dryer yet. Tell us uh, quickly that there's a great story in 76, uh, you know, uh, that, that Pat, you have a great story with Pat. Please share it to our audience. It really, you know, you were kind of on the fence as far as everything and bam, it really turned you around. Well, I, I'm wondering, is that when I was 76 when she was my teammate? Yeah. Uh, you know, she just, we were so different. Like, um, I was, uh, you know, a poor little Jewish kid coming out from New York. And, you know, I was only 17 years old. All my teammates were older, uh, out of college by, you know, pretty much that time. And, you know, it was lonely. I felt like I didn't really have anybody to relate to or to talk to. And so Pat would always come and talk to me, just make sure I was doing okay. And, you know, we were going to, um, we were going to the Broadmoor and they're having a little luncheon, this beautiful country club in Colorado, Colorado Springs. And I didn't have clothes. I mean, I had sneakers, probably with holes in the bottom. I had corduroy pants and a t-shirt. I didn't have anything. And I refused to go because I, I sat in my room and they come in, they're like, Nancy, you got to go. I'm like, I ain't going. And they're like, you have to go. I said, I don't have any clothes. And finally, they had one of the team managers, Mildred Barnes, take me to a store, get me a jacket, a shirt, some shoes. And then I sat at the table. I was so embarrassed. And there was a plate in a plate in a plate with one, two forks and knives. And I was mortified. I had, I had always eaten on plastic plates and you know, plastic utensils. And he, the, whoever the man sitting next to me was, I wish I knew who he was so I could say thank you. Cause he was like, isn't this stupid? I mean, who has a plate and a plate in a plate? And he, he recognized that this was a, you know, seminal moment for me. And I was, you know, really embarrassed that I had not really been cultured. And, you know, she was just really, Pat was great with me, you know, when I wanted, to come play at Tennessee. She goes, you can't, if you transfer here, my after my freshman year, she says, you know, everybody will think that I recruited you to come here. I said, you're my teammate. 
And she says, Nancy, stay at Old Dominion. If you quit every time there's a bump in the road, that's what you'll do the rest of your life. And you got to tough it out. And she said, this will hurt me more than it hurts you because you'll probably end up beating us. And she was, you know, pathetic with what she said because we did actually end up winning back-to-back championships. Uh, for our viewers that don't know the story, tell us your first visit to Record Park. Uh, I told my mom I was going to go play at the park. She thought this it was is like the most incredible place for me because you know I played. And uh, I took the A train by myself from Far Rockaway, James Manhattan, and went to 155th Street and walked in the park. And I had T-shirts in my jacket, so I looked bigger and kind of more menacing. And I was glaring at people. And I got to the park. And these, you know, guys, the brothers were like, yo, little girl, you know where you are? Are you lost? And I said, no, are you? And they, they looked at me and I'm like, I know this is Rucker Park and I need, I need to get good. And, and the guy goes, this is like where great people play. And I said, but it's Rucker Park, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, is your name Rucker? And he goes, no. I said, good. It's not your park. Now, if you could help me, I would really appreciate it. And it cut through all, you know, the nonsense of life. And they took me under their wing. And the guys rode the train back to Far Rockaway with me that night. You know, Gary, Ronald, and Donald. And, you know, we became, you know, lifelong friends. And I was pretty much teaching my mom not to be racist or profile people. Because, you know, we disrespected each other. And they were very protective of me. And I, I mean, I can't tell you how many games I played, you know, in my youth at Rucker and people, you know, they're calling me fire because of my red hair. Fire touched the rim. I jump up, I hold the rim. I was like the, the carnival monkey at Rucker, but it changed my life. And I love going back there. And I've never, there's not one day that I've ever been afraid because the people there, they love real they love honesty and they love when you're not afraid and I'm not afraid. Uh, Nancy, how much was that development and, and playing against men? Um, how much better did that make you? Because you had to play against the best in that park and they didn't want to let you in and you really had to show yourself. So how, how much did that develop you into just not just a female basketball player, but a great basketball player? Well, I became a critical thinker playing at Rucker Park. Uh, I had to figure out how am I going to get into that first game? Because, you know, everybody shoots foul shots and the, the, the first five are in, then the second five are in. It didn't matter how big you are, how strong you are, how athletic you are. You had to hit your foul shot. I would go home and I would just practice, practice, practice my foul shot because I wanted to get in the first game. The first game was always to 15, so it would take 30, 35 minutes to play. If you won the first game, you got to play in the second game. That was that was the Willy Wonka golden ticket right there, that you got to play back-to-back -back games. Because if you got beat, you sat, you'd have to wait one or two games. It could be an hour. So it taught me a strategy. Then it toughened me up because they kicked the shit out of me on the regular. <laughs> it was crazy. But they toughened me up, you know. And if I had a fight, I had a fight. And... It's just the way it was, but I, I'm so grateful for my all my friends and my family at Rucker Park. You know, I, I was really raised by the black community.
because I was so protected and it's a, it's a beautiful relationship. It, it really, it's, it's been amazing to see those relationships. And you talk about friends. There are other people that have come from Old Dominion. Uh, there's some other famous people, I think, that uh, you might remember. No. Um, a guy like Jay Harris, you know, I'm, you might want to say hi to Jay Nancy. Jay is the best. Are you kidding? Where are those Emmys? Oh, there it is. I there see is. the Emmys. Right there, there it is, right there. He got so many Emmys. He talks to the devil trying to <laughs> there. He's trying to work with Larry Fitzgerald, not dropping cheerleaders. Uh, it's, that's an HR situation. It is. It really is. Yeah. It's so awesome but, to have uh, ESPN uh, anchor, my old buddy, and uh, for, also a guest of the Gary Sand and Stephen Show. Jay wanted to come in and, and talk a little bit for a couple of minutes. And uh, Jay, um, you know, I'm going to uh, make this a little bit easy for you. You know, you've had the opportunity to, you know, not only see Nancy be a part of that uh, alumni, but also what she's given back. And recently the college was able to give back to her by making her a, a permanent fixture. They're very diverse. And I'm, you know, just extremely. So tell us a little bit about what that day was like, Jay. That was an amazing day um, to see Nancy immortalized like that. Oh, look at that. That was so special. Even when I go back to ODU and see that statue, um, Nancy Lieberman Pass, driving down Nancy Lieberman Pass, hoping I don't get a ticket. But if I get a ticket, I'll just tell them I know Nancy and I'm good. Um, it's it's. It was a fantastic day, and it was it was kind of sad. And um, I'll just full disclosure: my mom died the day before. Um, but I had promised that um, that I would be there on that day. I knew she was sick, so you know life happens. And uh, I I said you know I'm 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 coming because because I'm gonna be there for Nancy. And it was a fantastic day, and it was long overdue. And um, she's just the best. She's the absolute best, and I love her to death. What has it been like to be a sportscaster to watch what her career has done? But then, as she's walked away, given so much, building basketball courts, being an ambassador for little boys and girls to grow up and want to be like—I mean, it, it really is—it's the epitome of what we all want to be. Well, when you're when you find yourself in a position to where you can. Um, give back that's what you're supposed to do because all of us have had you know someone uh some organization uh some entity pour into us at some point or another so we're supposed to take everything that's been given to us and give it to other people we're not supposed to keep it and nancy's known that for a very long time so i mean she gives from her heart because it was given to her first and we're all we're all the better for it and I, I appreciate her i enjoy i enjoy watching her she is tireless i don't know how she does what she does when she does it but she is always on the go and i just marvel at her and um love it i like i said before i love it to death nancy what are your memories of jay well, the first thing I want to say about my brother, Jay, is I love him very much. He is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever been around in my life. He's a great husband, uh, a dad to his kiddos, and we are family. We'll, we'll forever be family together. We 
just finished doing a racial and social justice lecture series together uh, here in Texas. Uh, to have Jay on a stage with myself and to be able to share his experiences and enlighten young people, uh, it makes me happy. And he's the voice of Nancy Liebman Charities, our Dream Ball Gala. Uh, he play, usually will try to play golf the day after. And then you want to call the golf. <laughs> the whole place just like refurbish the grass. The divots are tremendous. It takes our whole budget to be sad where he hit the ball. I didn't want to get into that, Jay. I understand. But no, on a serious note, we have this forever, never broken bond. We can talk about anything. We could agree, disagree, align. And it's very few times in life you have uh, a kinship with somebody and it's all rooted in, in love and caring. And I haven't even said anything about uh, the Emmys or, I, you know, I watch SportsCenter. Every time I watch him, I, it's like the first time because I'm so proud of him uh, just to see how he is with people. He's, he's just an amazing human being and he's my human being. And that's all you need to know is uh, he, he means the world to me. Well, he does to me. Jay, thanks for popping in. You got a quick uh, story that you can throw before we go to break? Probably nothing that I could tell you. For beers at another time. <laughs> all right. Jay Harris surprising us. Uh, Nancy Lieberman here. Don't go away. We're going to pay a few bills. We'll be right back. You're watching Gary Stein and Stevens. Love you, Nancy. Love you, Jay. They can strike anytime or anywhere. You can have one while giving a speech at your best friend's wedding or in the middle of your uncle's funeral. It's called a wingasm, and it occurs when you bet and win with MyBookie. And this football season, enjoy more wingasms than ever with new features like early cash out. So you can pull out and enjoy an early wingasm, then bet those funds immediately. Tired of waiting all day for your money? We've increased the speed of bet settlement. And with enhanced game lines and live betting and streaming, you can bet right up until kickoff, then place more bets during the game. Oh, and what would a new season be without our $100,000 Survivor Contest? And a super contest with a cash pot of $250,000. Have more wingasms more often with MyBookie. Whoa. She's totally checking me out. She's probably looking at my arms. Or maybe just the shirt? I mean... The shirt is my secret weapon. It shows off my arms and doesn't cling to my stomach. Who could blame her? Hey, I like your shirts. You want to get out of here? Unleash your confidence and then, with you know, fresh I, I knew we did the show, the high school show. Oh, we're back here with Nancy Lieberman. Uh, got another question for you. You talked about how your mother uh, didn't really support your basketball career and your desire. Um, how how did you keep that desire and uh, love of the game and not get discouraged by you know the naysayers, the, the you know the people growing up? 
you know, everybody has their story. It, it, I wish my story was like, you know, Bird or Tarasi or Sabrina and Eskew or Tamika Catchings where, you know, I could play 15, 16, 17 years in the WNBA and everybody was cheering me on and supporting me. It's okay. You know, that wasn't my lot in life. I'm a girl from the 60s and 70s. There was no WNBA, barely gender equity. Uh, I didn't realize I was the first scholarship, full scholarship athlete for female at Old Dominion University. I'm very grateful to them. And so every step of the way was a challenge because I was proving myself. I can play. I can play against guys. I can play against women. Um, I just needed, I needed an opportunity. And uh, so, I mean, I'm grateful because it toughened me up. And it clearly, as time has gone on, you understand that you're, you're a pioneer or whatever they call you, a trailblazer or something of that nature. It just means you did something for somebody else and you showed them the way. And if they think I'm a pioneer and a trailblazer, as I tell my, my friends in the W, who are phenomenal, by the way, you're Sabrina Inescu, Sue Bird, you know, all, all these, uh, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, uh, Chelsea Gray. They are all pioneers. There's going to be a little three-year-old, four-year-old right now that is going to make a million or $2 million a year in the in WNBA when they get older because of the women and what they're doing right now, what Brianna is doing with what everybody else is doing. So we are highly connected to each other. I mean, look at uh, Katie Smith and look at me that was playing at 50. She was my teammate. And, you know, you... You don't get angry. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a victor. I'm not a victim. And so I had to play for the Lakers in summer league in 80 and for Pat Riley. So I played for the Utah Jazz and Frank Layton in, in 1986 or the USBL, which was equivalent to the NBA G League. That was the that was where I was in my career. So I played at 39. So I played it at 50. I just wanted my kid to know what his mom did. So I played as much as I could, wherever I could. Uh, and I was happy to eke out a year in the, the WNBA in the inaugural season in 97. And then that's really launched my coaching career in the W, in the G League for the Mavs, uh, you know, certainly in, you know, with the Sacramento Kings as the second female assistant ever. And then to, uh, to get a call from Ice Cube in 2018 and he said, I want you to be the first female head coach in a men's professional league. And I was like, really? And he goes, and the good news is you'll be the highest paid coach in the league. You will make what Dr. J, Gary, uh, Gary Payton, Michael Cooper, Rick Barry, Rick Mahorn, Clyde Drexler, George Gervin. He goes, tell your agent at Octagon, you won't have to negotiate your salary. That's equality at the highest level. When somebody says this is how it's going to be, that's why I love Ice Cube. You know, he's a man of equality. I mean, people throw DEI around like it's Skittles, you know, just for optics. And he actually didn't even have to say that. He just said, you're the highest paid coach. It's pretty cool stuff, right? And we win the championship in 2018. And, uh, you know, Cube, he, he celebrates me. He doesn't tolerate me. And I really appreciate that. And I've had a great life. I mean, I get to do the TV for the, uh, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder. I get to do TV for the Pelicans. I I get to be around some of the greatest athletes in the world. Um, 
I'm so blessed beyond comprehension. Shame on me if I ever said anything negative because people are so good to me. Uh, recently, um, we started doing asking fans to submit questions. So we have a question from Tom Tinter in Sarasota, Florida. He said, recently you were just in Sarasota to uh, honor Dickie Vitell, a part of your charity uh, through a basketball court. He wants to know how you started that uh, you know, process of donating courts throughout the country and how many are you up to now? Well, first his name is uh, Richie. That's what his mom called him, Richie, Richie Vitell. We know him as Dickie V. He's amazing. He's been a friend of mine for over 30 years. So the Dick Vitale Dream Court, um, we wanted to honor somebody who's given so much back to the game. He cares about children. People adore him. It doesn't matter what generation. And we uh, currently have 128. We'll open up another 10 or so in 2024. We did the courts for, for Kobe, for, you know, for Vanessa, I said, to honor Gigi and Kobe. Uh, we have ones for Billy Crystal. We have you know, the ones we did for Steph, uh, the Curry family. You don't have to be a celebrity to have a dream court. You just We put it in places that have boys and girls clubs, PAL, park and rec. We just want, we want kids to have a place to breathe, to live, to, you know, with, with mental health issues. Just sometimes you just need to, to be out there in the open with friends or even by yourself and just you know, sometimes be still. And so we were so happy to do this in Sarasota. It, it actually made me happy to do that for, for Dick and Lorraine. Well, it's awesome. And it's, it's been great to know Dickie V and to, uh, you know, hopefully he's beaten the cancer and, and things are going great. And, uh, we are, we are, it just the things that you do continue to amaze me, Nancy, as far as what you do off the court, I think makes more of an impact almost than what you did on the court. And uh, it, it's uh, it's great to have you here. Troy's got to head out because he's got to get some real basketball going. He's officiating tonight. So we're going to take one more break. When we come back, Nancy and I will finish up this. Troy, say goodbye and you get out of there and, and uh, don't crash on your way to the basketball game. Yeah, be safe. Right, thanks, thanks, Nancy, for uh, coming on. It really was an honor. Thank you very much. No, thank you so much. All right. We will uh, keep this show going, pay a couple of more bills, stay with us. Don't go away. This is Dave Stevens, and now my co host, Nancy Lieberman, on the Geary, Stein, and Stevens show. everybody dave stevens from the gary stein and stevens show and you know troy and i are on the road all the time covering games doing things my motivational speaking but i have connected with lifewave which has really changed my life and it's an amazing patch that not only helps me to live my life it keeps me very active tammy wellman is joining me and now tammy you put these patches on me it is a stem cell regeneration plan but tell us a little bit more how it works yeah, so these patches are amazing. They're wearable wellness. They're non-transdermal patches. Nothing goes in your body. Your body gives off light. They capture it and they activate your body's own repair system. Your body goes to work to heal things that are in need of healing pain reduction, things like that. It gave me an opportunity to play in the Celebrity Softball Classic. This video of my base hit, I wouldn't have done it without these patches. So please, if you want to know more about this product, go to patchit.life. LifeWave, it's changing my life.
Hi everybody, Dave Stevens here for the Geary Stein and Stevens Show from Tropicana Field, home of the Tampa Rays. And you know what? Not everybody can be a Major League Baseball player, but you can look like a million dollars. What's the best way to do that? Well, go to FreshCleanThreads.com. Don't believe me? That's right, you can look professional, feel good, and not spend a lot of money by wearing Fresh Clean Threads. They have amazing shirts. They've got Henleys and polos, long sleeves, and even bomber jackets. And if you like them, you can save some money by typing in the show code GSSSHOW from the Geary Stein and Steven Show to save 20% off. So, if you can't be a major leaguer and you want to dress like one, well, go to FreshCleanThreads.com. That's FreshCleanThreads.com. Tell them Dave sent you. Use that code GSSSHOW. And we also want to welcome our new sponsor to the show. That's right, mybookie.ag. Uh, this is amazing because these guys really help people and betters to make money. They've got a great website that uh, helps you kind of get through the things that you don't understand. But if you sign up to mybookie.ag right now, you use the show code GSS Show, you get a 50% match on top of your deposit up to a thousand bucks. So let's say you deposit a hundred bucks, you get an extra fifty. You deposit five hundred, you get seven fifty. You sign up for free. It's an account that is going to continue to help you down the road. And of course, we want to be there for you too. So we'll have guests and people to talk about all these things that are betting. Troy just walked away. He knows a lot more because you know what? I'm not much of a gambler. I took a gamble on playing sports without legs, and that was enough in my life. So make sure you go to mybookie.ag, type in that GSS show code, and you can make some money. And again, they're going to match 50% on that very first deposit. Mybookie.ag. All right, now I've got my co-host, uh, actually our guest uh, for the final segment here, and uh, Nancy Lieberman joining me. And as I said, there are so many things that we could talk about and, and the places that we could go. But uh, first, you know, we talked about your son and what he just went through. He's safe, but uh, he was overseas when all of this started taking place. And I want to know what it was like when you first knew he was over there and the moments that took place after that as you were trying to communicate with him and find out if he was safe. Well, this is the second war TJ's gone through playing. He's been playing in uh, Israel for six years. But Friday night, the 6th of October, we're FaceTiming that night. He's talking to me about they start their season on Monday. He's so super excited to get through training camp. And then on Saturday, the 7th, I, I got up, I think, in the middle of the night. I went to the restroom. I always check my phone. There must have been around 15 messages. And I called TJ, and I'm like, TJ, what's wrong? He goes, Mother, don't you know what's going on? Don't you know what's happening? And I said, no. And he goes, turn on the TV. So I turned on the news. There was nothing on Fox, on CNN, on MSNBC. There was nothing. I said, TJ, I don't know what's happening. He says, Hamas terrorists have come over and they're in Israel and they're killing people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I have a highlight reel of my career. Um, I guess the, the terrorists have a highlight reel of the inhuman destruction that they do to people. And when they went into the music festival and killed and horrifically killed men, women, children, babies, they go back into Garza and they were showing people that was their highlight reel. I guess that's how they ascend in their army, uh, the status. And it went viral. So now it was coming out that this act of terrorism was happening. And so we were trying to get him out. I mean, I think the Euros and the Jewish people, Israelis know when there's 
you know, if something happens, they get on a plane and they go. Well, then American canceled, United canceled, Delta canceled. There were no flights out. And we're sitting there going like, I got to get my kid out. My first thing after a day or two is, you know, I, I'm I'm calling all my political people. I mean, I'll email Obama, President Obama or, you know, President Bush, people that I have known, uh, the, the, the mayor of Frisco, Texas, Mayor Masso. And so finally, uh, you know, Beth Van Dyne, Congresswoman, uh, she called and she goes, I'm your person. And she says, I need all the information on TJ because he has dual passport. And she goes, Mom. Tell TJ he's going to get a phone call from somebody. Pick, he won't know the number. Pick it up and uh, just tell him <clears throat> that I, I will handle this with him. And she flat out said, TJ, pack a bag, whatever bag you're taking under the plane, pack it, put it by your door, your carry-ons, juice up your phone, phones, and chargers. She says, when I call you and say it's go time, do not tell me you need 20 minutes to pack. It's go time. And so... To my son's credit, he's got four teammates, um, Americans, and he pretty much said that if if you don't let me take my my teammates on the plane with me, um, I'm not going. I'm not leaving without my teammates. And these are super his buddies, you know, African American guys. That's all you need to know about TJ. He wasn't leaving without his brothers. So th they go to the airport. This plane is coming in the rescue jet. It literally looks like it's coming down. It goes up, turns, and leaves. And they go, what just happened? And the lady said that the airplane didn't have insurance to land in a war zone. <clears throat> so he calls Congresswoman. She goes, we're going to do it again. And like in a day or so, five rescue jets are coming. Four were canceled. One made it. It was his jet. And the guys got on it. They shoved as many people as they could. It took off. They went to Athens. Um, you know, really, it, it's the most hopeless feeling you have as a parent. There was nothing that I could do. And you, you didn't know. Like, we were like, maybe we can get him out through Jordan. And she goes, he has dual citizenship. If he goes to Jordan, they'll kill him. They'll see his Israeli passport. Okay, well, let's drive up the gut from Elat to, you know, to try and get to Tel Aviv, to the airport. She goes, you, you have to go through the kibbutzes and those communities. And we don't know who's a friend or who's a foe at this point because nobody knew how many terrorists, you know, had infiltrated uh, Israel. It was it was crazy. I mean, to see him back here. Oh, my gosh. The tears were real long and hard. And I'm very I'm grateful to Homeland Security. I'm grateful to Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne and everybody who helped me get TJ and his teammates home. Nancy, help us. And I, we don't usually go this place on this show, but to have you here and being so vulnerable, what is it like when you can't control your, when you're hated just because of how you were born and, and, and an entire world now is, is up in arms just because of a Jewish nation. And again, I, I can't comprehend when we're all the same, why there is so much hate towards such a small minority when they really haven't done anything to anybody. Well, I would say this about Jewish people and, you know, like I, I'm, I'm a messianic Jew. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll always be Jewish. Jesus was a Jew. 
Um, I always tell people I got Jesus and Moses on my team. So my back, my back court is set. Um, but Jewish people, you know, they were enslaved by the Egyptians hundreds of years ago. I always tell the two greatest atrocities, and I'll answer your question, in the world is slavery and the Holocaust. And there are people that say slavery never happened. There are people that said the Holocaust never happened. So that right there is ignorance. My brothers and sisters, they have been suppressed for so long and Jews had been suppressed for so long. We should be in lockstep with one another every step of the way because that how they were treated for, for centuries. And the Jewish people, they just want to live. They don't have the iron dome to shoot at you. They have the iron dome to protect themselves because they're in a region, you know, Israel is like a diamond. And, uh, you know, you have Syria, you have um, Jordan, you have uh, Lebanon, and then you have, you know, uh, Gaza. They're surrounded uh, by enemies. They they have offered a two-state solution, but Hamas is not interested in two states. They're interested it, yeah. in one, ta- one state, which is the elimination of the Jewish nation, because that would allow them to control that area, that swatch of area. Uh, Israel is not bigger than New Jersey, the state of New Jersey. And the, the other thing is, let's say it wasn't the Jews. Let's say hundreds of years ago, it was Irish people that were forced or German people or African, you know, African people. So would Hamas want to kill them? Yes. It's just, it's, it's not the group. It's the people who are living on that land. And they feel that if they, you know, Israel is like a dot and they're surrounded, but, you know, they have worked so hard to, to be a westernized country. Uh, They're one of the top tech, you know, nations in the world, they, they have to protect themselves. And I know people will disagree with me. You know, the man that I loved and protected me and mentored me is the greatest, most famous Muslim in the world. I love Muslims. And that's Muhammad Ali. He changed my life. I had him for 37 years. Uh, He was all about love and kindness. And I really believe that most Muslims, that's who they are. And I've never met a bad Muslim and we can be inseparable as people. But when terrorists, the indoctrination of children is horrible because they grow up hating you. You haven't done anything. It's like, you know, um, white supremacy. You grow up and you, 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 you hate black people. That's horrible. But that's all they know because of the indoctrination. And, you know, for our young people, they don't even know what they're marching for, these kids on campus. It's like, what are you marching? I remember when George Floyd was killed, murdered. And I said one day, what are you, what, what are you marching for? What's going on here? I don't know. My friends are here. These beautiful babies don't even know what they're doing. I mean, you're sitting here marching for terrorism. That's horrible. And, and you know, I feel bad for the Muslim people, the Palestinians who live in fear. You know, first it was the PLO. Then the PLO was so bad 
um, and murdering their own people and taking all, they were living in poverty. And then they thought in 1972, 72 or 75, they would vote to bring Hamas in. Hamas is worse than the PLO. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these people, you know, the, the leaders of Hamas are living, you know, like rock stars in mansions and have billions of dollars. It's so beyond our level of comprehension. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. It's, it's just, hard to believe this happens. And it's sad. But and I'm for love and kindness. And absolutely. Well, then out. let's let's catapult to something that was about love and kindness, because I've I've enjoyed the last few years watching how women's college basketball and professional basketball has evolved. And recently uh, in Iowa, we had the opportunity to see one of the greatest events ever, uh, an outdoor basketball game with one of the greatest college basketball players. What are your thoughts on her and what this moment was like for women's basketball, but basketball everywhere? Uh, Caitlin Clark's a phenomenon. She is generational. And I've had the privilege of getting to know her. And uh, even last year at the Final Four, um, you know, she had won my point. She won your award, yeah. And, you know, it was during COVID and we said we were on a Zoom and I was like, Caitlin, I don't know when we meet. I don't know how we meet, but when we do meet, it is going to be powerful. And she's walking off the court and we just looked at each other and she hugged me and she just took my hand. She says, you're coming in the locker room during the final four last year. It was really a very important moment for me because you want young people to care about you or to respect you. Her game is next level. I she, she might be the greatest player since Diana Taurasi, especially on the offensive end. And just her her economic impact to the game, the ratings, selling out every game. Uh, she's she could come back if she wants. Uh, to Iowa. Um, she's making so much money with NIL. God bless her for that. Any, any athlete who can make that type of money you're bringing, it's a, it's a business. It's not just a sport. So I'm really happy for her. I'm happy for the Angel Reese's. I'm happy for some of the great players in women's college basketball. The ratings are soaring. The arenas are packed. You know, I tip my cap to, to Bally's and Fox and, uh, you know, Fox uh, FS1 and uh, ESPN for ABC for putting these games, WNBA games on TV. And now that the casual fan gets to see how great female athletes are. And they're not just focusing on, you know, like the body. You know, that's what we see optics. They're focusing on, you know, the competitor, how they play, their determination, the game's in great hands. And speaking of great hands, you actually have been mentors as some big stars. Uh, you had a great training relationship with Martina Navratil over the day, helped get her back into shape to to win some tennis matches in our advancing ages. Uh, tell me a little bit of what Martina was like as an athlete, but also how you helped to motivate her. Well, Martina's very special. The fact that, you know, she had come over here, she defected, she wanted to be a part of America. Uh, the one thing that I would just say to her when we first met is you just, you have to have this desire on your worst day. You have to be better than people on their best day, including Chris or any of the other, you know, Andrea Yeager, uh, Tracy Austin. So it was, she was such a nice person. It was like, she was like the little sweet person. And I was like the little devil, win, win, win. You got to focus. You got to. So that's how I was. And just, you know, trying to give her a sense of history 
and what she could be in 15 years, not just where she was, you know, at 24 years old. And she was, uh, she was amazing and she was very grateful. And I'm very proud to not only have helped basketball, but have helped tennis. Uh, you know, Billy and I laugh. I gave her the Cal Ripken uh, Senior Award uh, last uh, March at the, in Baltimore. And Billy and I have known each other through Martina since I was 22. And we had a chance to just sit there, reminisce, and just talk about where women in sports has gone. And it's, uh, you know, just you never think growing up playing sports that you're going to have this type of impact. My job is to take what Ali wanted, his legacy, his love, his passion, his, you know, discipline, to take what Billie Jean sacrificed for all of us. As long as I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm energetic, it's my job to carry out their dream. And then there's women behind us and they're doing the same thing. We're all connected. Uh, whether people like it or not, we're all connected. Like I said, there's WNBA players right now. You're going to make somebody in 20 years a multimillionaire just because of what you've done. And I applaud all the great women who are playing sports and making a difference. As we wrap up, and uh, I've been so happy to have got to know you, and we played softball together, and, uh, and, and you mentioned, you touched on, you know, I don't have legs. So I say I'm leaving my legacy as far as my what I've done. What is your legacy? What, what, how do you want people to remember you? I know you're very humble, but you're an icon. You're a Michael Jordan. You're a Cheryl Swoops. You are all these things that have done so much more. So how does Nancy Lieberman want to be remembered? I think I'd like to be remembered as somebody who uh, gave more than she took from the game. And I've been given a lot from this game, but it, it, it was kind of part of that never stop working, wanting or dreaming. And the, the first part of my life, I was learning the middle part of my life. I was earning and now I'm returning. Uh, as Ali asked me, he says, there's two people in life. There's givers and takers. I would like to be the giver and I want to be able to help male athletes, my friends, and I want to help female athletes. And um, I just appreciate how people treat me. Uh, and you are just a beacon. It is so awesome to have seen you, get to know you, and know you are the same away, you know, and, and you're still competitive. I see you throwing up half-court shots over your head all over the place. Uh, tell us as we leave the foundation and how can people donate and find out more about what you're doing. Uh, thank you for doing that. If We're always looking to be on a super team with people. And if you have a heart for giving and a heart for children, go to nancylibermancharities.org. Look at our programs, see what we do, education, sending young uh, kids to college, uh, building dream courts, their pop-up classrooms. Uh, we have you know racial and social justice lecture series. We, we just do so much uh, with kids to put them in a great place, to network them to their next, uh, you know, their next place of greatness. We, we want these, we want to be dream givers, not hope stealers. So that's what Nancy Lehman Charity is about. We have about five and a half million kids a year that we work with. And we're the better, we're better for it because all these young kids inspire me. Well, thank you for being a part of our show. And I, I got to ask the question. You set the WNBA record at 
was it 37? You set it at 50. Is there any chance in the next year or so we can get that mini Minoso thing where you could come out and play? Because you still got game. So uh, I, I, I can play. I feel good. I have a new knee three years ago. I can run, jump, play tennis, golf. It doesn't matter. Basketball. My son would kill me. TJ would kill me <laughs> if I came out of retirement uh, again. And TJ plays for me in the big three. So, you know, I'm going to focus my energy on team power and Catino and Royce White and Glenn Rice Jr. And we're going to try to win a championship again. All right. Well, best of luck. And I hope our paths cross again in the near future. Nancy Lieberman, thank you for joining us here on Gary Stein and Stevens. Troy Gary on officiating Will Stein. I don't know where Will ever is, but uh, thanks for joining us again. For all the people that follow us, support us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. I'm Dave Stevens for the Gary Stein and Stevens Show. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Gary Stan and Stevens Show. Follow us on social media. Watch us on yourhometv.com or now we're on Roku. Download it and watch us. And thanks for tuning in. Until next time, America.